0: My name is Marta Samuel Stewan, and I am honored today to get to share this sermon with four dynamic young people. They're sitting right behind me here. They're going to be co-preachers for this sermon entitled Justice for Each Generation. They can feel your love already, I'm sure. Our shared sermon uses uh, Ephesians 4, 25, through chapter 5, verse 2. You're welcome to open to it now if you'd like. We'll have each person cover a few of these verses. You'll hear them in order. So instead of hearing the scripture in its entirety before, you'll get to hear them um, from each preacher. Does that sound all right? Okay. I'm excited for you to hear from Henry, Anthony, Dominic, and Kaylin. Will you say a prayer with us now? God, we thank you that you are still speaking, that you have things to say, things to teach us, spoken through all different ages of your people. Thank you for Henry, Anthony, Dominic, and Kaylin. Thank you for who they are and for the gifts that they bring to this community we pray this morning that the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our rock, our redeemer, and our great creator. Amen. Okay, so today's sermon, like I mentioned, is called Justice for Hashtag Each Generation. And it's offered in conjunction with an initiative that has been put forth by our denomination, the United Church of Christ, calling for more than a thousand sermons in solidarity with the youth awakening a nation to climate action. Youth awakening a nation to climate action. I really like the phrase climate action because it makes me feel like I am not just a passive observer of climate change. It makes me feel like I have agency, that we have agency in how we respond together. Taking climate action speaks to a shared responsibility in how we keep this planet clean and healthy. Today's sermon is also in solidarity with 21 youth who filed a constitutional lawsuit against the United States president and the federal government for failure to meaningfully address climate change. (laughs) This case is referred to as Juliana versus the U.S., and it calls out the U.S. government for its role in causing climate change and violating young people's rights to life, liberty, and property, while also failing to protect essential public resources. These 21 activist youth range in age from 10 years old to 21, and their voices are now being echoed today by our four young people at MIDDLE ranging in age from 8 to 11 years old. We have four young preachers bringing a true message for all ages. We can all follow the latest developments with Juliana versus the U.S., this lawsuit, because the trial will be heard before a U.S. District Court judge, um, Ann Aiken, in Eugene, Oregon, on October 29th. So I encourage you all to follow these developments as they come this fall. People of faith and conscience are speaking out in solidarity, acknowledging the real significance of this lawsuit and declaring a livable future as a right for all future generations. When we think about addressing or tackling climate change, we are short-sighted if we just think about our own lifespan on this planet. That's why it's essential to listen to the new voices of young people who are raising the alarm. We may have inherited a problem, but we are responsible for what we do about it and what type of world we pass on. And responding to issues of climate change is going to require us all putting our heads together. Different ages and life experiences working in tandem. Pope Francis has said, Intergenerational solidarity is not optional, but rather a basic question of justice, since the world we have received also belongs to those who will follow us. Intergenerational solidarity, working cooperatively with all different ages and different generations, it is not an option. It's not an, oh, that would be nice if we eventually got around to actually responding to climate change. It's a question of justice. And if we are lovers and doers of justice, Middle Church, then we must also be about justice beyond our immediate generation. We must be concerned about the world we are handing to the next generation. It's morally wrong to have disregard for our neighbor just because we don't or we won't feel the same impact. As we often say, (laughs) thank you, as we often say here, when my neighbor is hungry or suffering or in pain, I feel that, we feel that too. Our planet is sick and hurting and we have got to do something about it. We are the ones we've been waiting for. Amen. The writer of Ephesians was exhorting a community to be truth tellers, to put away falsehood and excuses and denial and an it's not my problem kind of attitude. This letter says, let us all speak the truth to our neighbors for we are members of one another. Isn't that beautiful? We are members of one another. If we belong to one another, then that means we share a responsibility to care for one another and to care for this planet that we call home. I invite you to listen to these four truth tellers now, remembering that we are all connected. We are members of one another.
1: Hi, my name is Henry Gibson, and I am sharing from Ephesians 4, verses 26, 27, and 29. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Let no evil talk come out of of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A lot of us are angry, and rightly so, f- from what has been happening, from what, from what has been allowed to happen to the earth. What are we letting happen to this beautiful land the Lord has given us, given to us? We have turned much of the earth into a wasteland forged by us. We have thrown plastic into the oceans, where it is now strangling sea life, and our trash into horrid land masses. The once very great land we are so. Ha- lucky to have is badly suffering. We are destroying what we should be protecting. This is why we are angry and have the right to be. Does this make you angry as well? Yes. How then do we use this anger to be productive? The writer of Ephesians says, be angry but do not sin. We should use our anger to be productive to motivate us to make a difference. One way is by organizing rallies and street-cleaning groups. The environment is our greatest resource. It provides us with water to drink, trees to give us air, good oceans for fish to swim in, and all of the edible plants to eat. However, with all of this, we should be sparing with the resources we use. After all, it is because of us that these resources are scarce. We have been drilling too much oil, cutting down too many trees, and mining too many substances from the earth. People use cars which then use gas as if it were an infinite resource. We should teach people not to throw out edible, good food. We need to be more mindful about what we unnecessarily waste. Our anger can be a useful tool. It can motivate us to make positive changes for the sake of the environment and future generations. We can encourage one another to make these changes to use our anger and our shock to be productive. We can build one another up as we take care of the earth so that our words may give grace to those who hear. Thank you.
2: Hi, my name is Anthony, and I'm sharing from Ephesians, verse four, wait, Ephesians 4, verse 28. Thieves must give up stealing rather than let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is a tough verse to connect to. I think Warda may have assigned me the most difficult one from the passage. But if we think about thieves as big oil companies or other big businesses that take resources from the earth, then it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Especially when the companies that remove resources from the earth end up hurting more than helping the communities where they are drilling. Pipelines often have leaks and oil spills greatly damage the environment and different species who call that area home. In 1994, one of the biggest oil spills in history took place. This was before I was born, but as I researched the major oil spill disasters, I am very interested in the Kova River oil spill in Russia. The total amount of oil spill was 84 million gallons. Nobody died, thankfully, but it had a major impact on the environment and surrounding communities. They tried to clean it up, but it froze into the vegetation. A badly corroded pipeline caused this. It had been leaking for eight months. They tried to contain it with a dike, but, it ex- but the dam exploded due to severe weather conditions. The oil went into the grass and marshlands. It contaminated the Cova River that connects to the Barents Sea. When the oil companies take resources out from a local community then make a lot of money it feels like stealing. And when the oil companies don't want to fix a leak it ends up hurting the land, the animals, and the people who live there. These thieves want oil for one thing, money. They don't want Uh, They don't think about the long-term damage or consequences for the earth. When the oil gets into the ocean, it kills the fish, and when the animals drink the contaminated water, they get sick too. Many more pipelines still need fixing today. There are communities that are suffering while big businesses get rich. Do we want oil companies to make all the decisions? I don't think so. This verse from Ephesians says it's wrong to steal. Instead, people should work in fair and honest ways so that they can share with others. And this verse reminds us to help those in need. The earth needs our help and our attention. We deserve a safe, clean places to live. We can't keep doing things the same way just because that's how it's always been done. Let's think about new and different ways of living, where we use less, share more, and work together to make real changes.
3: My name is Dominic Visioli, and I'm sharing from Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When Jackie preached on Earth Day, she talked a lot about what a big problem plastic is in the world. And since then, I've noticed that plastic is all over the place, in our oceans, on the street, It takes a long time to break down and decompose. She had us repeat, no more plastic. Say that with me, no more plastic, amen. So I've been saying that as a chant since then. I've been drawing it when I write in the Just for Kids binders during the sermons at Middle. No more plastic. But then I thought about how much I like getting smoothies. (laughs) They come in a plastic cup with a plastic lid and a plastic straw. Maybe I could bring it... Maybe I could start bringing a metal cup and a bamboo straw to the place where I get a smoothie. Adults could do that when they get their coffee or tea each day. We need to have everyday actions connected to the no more plastic chant. If we don't take care of the earth, then in a decade, our plastic waste could be as tall as a building. The verse I was assigned said, you were marked with a seal. We are all created by God in the image of God. So taking care of our creation also means taking care of one another. And taking care of the planet is a way for us to put love into action. Love for God and love for people can be shown in taking care of the earth. Saying and doing is one way to show love. We honor God when we take care of our creation and when we take care of one another. This idea inspired me to write a poem, and I'd like to share it with y'all. God shows love in peace and in sorrow. God shows love now and tomorrow. He shows that love with calmness and kindness so we can love others with all wiseness. The creation of earth, connects us all. I'm sure when God created, he had a ball. We honor God by caring for our creation and loving people from all the nations. Thank you.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Kaylin Osborne, and I'm sharing from Ephesians 4, verses 31 and 32. Put away from all you bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> These verses highlight the importance of a community working together, getting along, and being kind to one another. Part of being kind and gracious to one another means thinking about what kind of environment we are creating for us and leaving for future generations. I want to draw special attention to our oceans and coastlines. If you look at the slideshow above me, you can see how much trash is floating throughout the ocean. Isn't it disturbing? An estimated 16 billion pounds of plastic enters the ocean each year. If we keep this up by 2050, there will be more plastic than there are fish in the ocean. Crazy, right? That's why after learning about this, my friends and I came up with a plan and we would like you to join this movement too. There is a company called For ocean and for every bracelet you buy, they take a pound of trash out of the oceans and coastlines. They've already removed over one million pounds of trash. Inspired by this work, my school friends and I created a project called Protect Our Planet. You can follow us on Instagram at POPProtect. So far, I have raised roughly $200 for this ocean cleanup work, which will remove 10 pounds of trash from the ocean. My goal is to raise $500 total for Four Ocean and protect our planet needs help from all our communities to help the cleanup ocean together. This jar next to me will be in the sermon talk back on the fourth floor today, and you're invited to contribute to Four Ocean's work. You can see me for any questions or to donate. Protecting our planet must be a community-driven experience. If you see people using too much plastic or littering, don't stay quiet, because this is our Earth, and we can decide if we want to live in trash or in a stable, happy world. It takes people working together to make a difference for our planet. Middle Church, we are a community, and we can take action together. Thank you.
0: This reading continues from Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Live in love. I think that pretty much sums it up right there. We can make that our mantra and our ethic going forward, live in love. When we listen to these four young people, each sharing from their hearts, it drives home the point that we are members of one another. And the model of a community in this early church letter describes everyone, all of us, as children, beloved children. I think that helps us live and maintain a we're all in this together mindset and approach when it comes to caring for the earth. Seeing one another as beloved children of the creator and seeing how we belong to one another. I mentioned the idea of intergenerational solidarity earlier but I also wanna highlight a concept and approach known as intergenerational equity. It's a key concept of sustainability and sustainable development. Intergenerational equity is defined as fairness or justice between generations. That's ultimately what we've heard today, and what young people are challenging through the Juliana v. U.S. lawsuit connecting present and future generations and demanding that future generations have a right to a stable climate and healthy atmosphere. Legal scholar, Edith Brown Weiss, provides a wonderful framework in her 1992 paper titled, Intergenerational Equity, A Legal Framework for Global Environmental Change. She writes, Sustainability is possible only if we look at the earth and its resources, not only as an investment opportunity, but as a trust passed to us by our ancestors, to be, jo- to be enjoyed and passed on to their descendants for their use. Such a planetary trust conveys to us both rights and responsibilities. Most importantly, it implies that future generations too have rights. Although, to be sure, these rights have meaning only if we, the living, respect them and if this respect transcends the differences among countries, religions, and cultures. We, the living middle church, hold the earth in trust for future generations. We are responsible to one another and we are responsible for protecting the planet for the ones that will come after us. Sustainability requires that we work together across different ages and generations cooperating to find and implement new solutions. It takes all of us doing our part and working collaboratively in a community-driven mindset. The same letter from Ephesians that was written from jail to encourage a community on how to work and live together 2,000 years ago applies to how we operate as a global community set on intergenerational equity today. Let us approach climate action in solidarity with one another as a justice for each generation issue. It can sometimes feel that like Paul, the writer of Ephesians, we are in prison, chained to a world that's addicted to fossil fuels, imprisoned prison to corporations that put profits over people. But today we learn what the prophet Zechariah taught centuries before Paul, that we must be prisoners of hope. Today these young people imprison us with hope. If we are to respond to the good news of God's love for us, we have no choice but to hope against hope, believe that God can move mountains. If we, as a community, will be God's feet and hands here and now, amen.